Hi everyone, Raphael Harry here, and you're listening to White Label American, a podcast where we hear stories from an immigrant or two, sometimes more. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of White Label American. Thank you all for joining us today. Hope you all are doing great and staying safe out there. So before we begin, I'd like to thank my patrons. Thank you for your support. Appreciate each and every one of you. Without you guys, you know, can't do this. We're an independent podcaster. So, you know, we need all the support that we can get. And if you're listening and you can spare a little change, please join us on Patreon. And it's the White Label American podcast. You know, we need every support that we can get. We need to bring more people on the team. There's a whole lot more that we want to add to this uh, podcast. We're going to hit our two-year anniversary in September. So, yeah, we want to expand and continue to evolve into the next level. And if you can't, excuse me, can't support um, on Patreon right now, you can also get our T-shirts at vetclothing.com, V-E-T, vetclothing.com. And also, if you can't buy the T-shirt, if you can't um, go on Patreon, that's all right. We understand. Not everybody can right now. But you can also still like, share, and subscribe. And go on iTunes or Apple and give us that five-star plus positive review. Without that, you know, we can't climb up the algorithm. So bring, keep dropping the five stars and positive reviews. Tell your friends. Tell your cousins. Tell your lovers. Tell your, you know, everybody to do that. So, with that being said, let's meet a good brother of mine, a good friend. We're both alums of Pace University. He's also a veteran and someone who I've been wanting to get on the podcast for a long time. And he finally made it today. So, I'm so glad to have Joe Dabo with me. And, yeah, he also shares West African roots, like myself. And he's from a different part of West Africa, that um, it's like it's, it's a little bit distant, but at the same time we have connections in ways that we'll find out when we begin. Um, as soon as he starts to give us his story, so welcome on the show, Joe. How you doing today? I'm well, man. Thanks for having me, Ralph. Hey, my pleasure, always my pleasure. So let's uh, officially get to meet you. So uh, can you introduce us to where you were born and you know what childhood was like for you? Uh, well, so I was born in Freetown, Sierra Leone. That's on the west coast of Africa, if you know. that's If you yeah. watch a lot of sleep, I'm, I'm a star. Ah, yeah. And Blood Diamond, well, I don't know Blood Diamond. Blood Diamond was, yeah, was, was Freetown. Yeah, they, 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 they had to go to Freetown. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They, okay. they had to take the Diamond to Freetown. So that's probably how you heard of us. Mm-hmm. But it's a great place to be. It's a great place to grow up in, a great place to live. If you ever get a chance, you should go visit. It's modernized now. Hotels, Wi-Fi, you have a good time. The beaches are great. The women are lovely. You have a good time. But yeah, that's where I'm from. Born and raised. I uh, moved to the U.S., specifically Maryland, when I was around nine. And that's where I grew up and spent most of my childhood until the age of 18 when I went to college, University of Maryland, Terp style. All right, don't, don't don't go too far into the adults, okay. yes. Save, save oh, that juice for later. Okay, okay, we, we okay. just want to stay in so, childhood. Uh, my childhood, well, basically from like the age birth to nine, I was in Freetown. So I lived with, uh, my family owns like a, a compound. Yeah. So I lived in a compound. It was me, my oldest aunt, and my youngest aunt, who was weird. Their kids, and I, no, yeah, Chris Deacon. 
and I had two other cousins whose parents, they, oh, they had the same parent. Their mom, my, my, oh, see, my aunt, was living in London at the time. So, okay. And my, my mom was living in the U.S. at the time. So my aunt raised this. All right. And then that's where I went to school. I was a good, good, I was a good, good kid in school, though. I got good grades and whatnot, all the good stuff. And then around nine, my mom sent for me, as they say. Okay. And then I came to Maryland where I went to school and did my thing. So back in Freetown, um, what was a day like for you as a kid? Oh, man, I was a fast-ass kid, man. I'm trying to tell you right now. Like, uh, <laughs> I was one of those kids I could see and I could pick up things easily, you know? So it's just like, I guess my day wasn't the same as everybody else because I w could walk myself to school. You know, I was walking like almost a mile. Yeah. I knew how to get to school and back with no problem. I didn't need adult help. I was never one of those people that liked to be... I know that now as an adult, I don't like to be like micromanaged. Mm. So even as a kid, like that's so that that my child was a lot different for a lot of people because I would just do what I wanted when I wanted how I wanted. Okay. And like it just so happened, it always fell in line with everything that that adults would want you to do. Like I got good grades, I went to school, I did my homework on my own terms. Nobody had to tell me to do my homework. I got up, I played with my friends, but I came home at a certain time. I didn't. You, was, you weren't the kid who waited until they came to find him. No, 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 no. I was a kid. I was, I, I was, I, I, was a, I was an adult. I was, I was handle. I grew up fast. I don't know why. I always handled my business accordingly. You had, you, you had the firstborn. I am. Yeah, my mom, my mom's, my mom's first. I'm not, my dad, no, my mom's first. Okay, but I didn't. My mom's family raised me. I didn't know my dad till I was 13, 14. So oh, okay, yeah. So I was the first. All right. So, um. With that being said, what would you consider your favorite childhood memory and where is it from? My favorite childhood memory. I, when you sent me the questions, I thought about that and I was just like, I don't think I can pinpoint a specific memory. You can because, share more than one. Okay, so it's like just growing up in a household with my cousins, like, because I, in my mom's side of family, it's only, but like at the time when I was a kid, it was only me, my uncle, my mom's only brother. Out of eight kids, it's only had one brother. Yeah. One man, male, and my older cousin. We're only three males. So childhood for me was pretty, it was easy also because like I was the only male in the house. So like of course I'm gonna get spoiled. <laughs> you know? So just like I got but it's just to be with my sisters. My cousins are my sisters, you know? Just yeah. to grow, grow up in the same house with them. It was just always fun. It was never a quiet, dull moment. Like and but it was in a good way. Mm. You know, it because I grew up in like that household was a real family family. Like, you know, with my aunts they were their kids, but it was a family family. Like we spent a lot of time together. So there's not one moment I can say was better than any other. Yeah. Just being with them, like even now, I just I kinda wanna cry just thinking about it. Like just being with mm -hmm. them was just like a it was a great thing. Like, you know, it was just like I don't know how to explain it. Cause and then like my aunt owns a restaurant size bar that was attached to the house. So then you got I, to like interact with other stuff. random people yeah. like you didn't know. Mm -hmm. But it was just like so like you know, my child was good. I, I can't I can't pinpoint, but like here in America, I would say if I had the same thing, would be the last vacation I ever took with my aunt before she passed. Mm. That would probably be my favorite. I would say childhood memory was because like I, I was only seventeen, but like I could I, I could conceptualize the fact that like she was gonna die soon. Oh wow! So like at first I didn't want to go on a trip, but then once I that came to my mind, I was like, oh, she's gonna die from cancer soon. This might be the last time we get a chance to, to hang out. So, so you you already aware that she was sick. She she had cancer for like a long time, and she's you know Africans are she's super religious. Oh, okay. so she just knew God was going to save her. Okay, yeah. and me being a, a child of science, mm -hmm. I was like, you're gonna die if you don't take care of this medically, mm -hmm. you know, like, and 
And I, like I said, I didn't want to go. Initially, I didn't even want to go on a trip. I, I wanted to go to a summer school that summer to, to take a, because I was a smart. I was so focused getting out of my parents' house, I was going to get good grades. So I was trying to get, get ahead of my uh, science class or something like that. So I want to take a prep course for it. Yeah. That's what it was. And I was, oh, that's why I didn't want to go. And my mom was like, you got to go, you got to go, you got to go. I'm like, why? Then like that weekend before like money had to be turned in to pay for the trip, me and my one other cousin were the same age. We were talking about my aunt. And it dawned on me why my parents were so adamant about me going on that trip. Mm. And I was like, she might die soon. Mm. I ended up going. It was, we went to Florida. We went to all of Florida, Universal Studios, uh, Disney World, all that good stuff. It was fun. It was just, it was a great time. Yeah. You know, and I, it was just, just me and her talking about like, because she's one person I could always confide in. Wow. Like no matter what was going on, if I called her, I could, she, you could, I could just tell her whatever and be free and not worry about the consequences of it. Yeah. So me and her, I just still talked to her, like it was just, and then obviously a couple months later she passed, but it was just, a, but that would always just stay in my mind because it was just like, that was it, mm. you know, and I'm happy, and and I'm happy like we had that time, yeah, like and you know like with me it was her youngest son and like me and my twins, my twins, my brothers are twins, young, so we we had that time, so it was it was good. Nice. Nice. I always like asking about the favorite childhood memory because sometimes you it brings out um, you, you, some guests in their answers. You see a thread that you can you know trace from their childhood memory to the present in what they are doing, or just in the way they like to have fun, or just it, it, there's so many ways that it can go. But there's always something that um, relates to the present yeah. from the fav- whatever answer that's given. I got a good one for you. Sure. So I was back in, in Sierra Leone. It was me, my cousin, who we're the same age, but she is just, I think, 10 months older than me. So she's born in October 86. I was born in April 87. So yeah, 10 months, whatever, six months. Well, that's not 10 months, six months. <laughs> <laughs> six months apart. Her and then our, at the time, she was the youngest. No, she wasn't young, but she... Amongst the, the ones that live in the household, she was the youngest. So she's two years younger than us. Yes. So we were all like around the ages. So eight, and she should be six. So me and Dilly were six, eight, and then Stella was six. So like we're playing water balloons, and my aunt was like, don't throw them to the neighbor's yard. So we come to the backyard, and like the way it works is like you go to a part of the backyard, it connects to our neighbor's house. Yeah. Like a window, the window to her bedroom. And we didn't like this woman that much. So we started <laughs> tossing like uh, water balloons in this woman's house. You know, like just at her, bah, 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 bah. Uh-huh. not realizing how stupid we were. So she, I guess the lady comes home and sees this and like, and then like she comes over and of course we got the whoopings of our lives, man. <laughs> and it was just like the craziest thing. Uh. And then like 10 minutes after that, after like, I don't see we got the, cause my aunt didn't really beat us that much. She, just, she whooped us a little bit and talked to us. She wasn't really uh, coming in and, yeah. and, and tear the ass up type of but, person. But for back then, it would feel like the whooping of your life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because she wasn't, she, I would say she wasn't one of those people that's abusive. Like, you, yeah. know, I, you know what I'm talking about. She yeah. wasn't one of those, she was not but, one of those. But from those, from, especially from that type, if if it wasn't the type who whooped you all the time, the, the day they whooped you, it felt like the, the Yeah, it, it that's what, that's what it hardest. was because she didn't beat you all the time. So what she did, it felt like, oh, man. And you, but you knew you messed up. Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't that she she beat she she whooped you and then she yelled she she whooped you and she talked to you she didn't yeah. yell, you yeah. know, like I think I got a lot a lot of why am I now doing it came from her because that's I kind of am now, uh and then like maybe ten minutes later, me and my cousins get to arguing about it like boom 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 boom, and this 
this right here stuck with me for the rest of my life. I only that's why I remember the story when you brought up like the thread thing. Yeah. My, my I'm the only male once more. Yeah. Two females who so were arguing, arguing, arguing. My cousin Deli, same age. She hits me, bam. So I hit her right back, bam. She starts crying loud. Boom. My aunt comes over, like, what happened? We tell her what happened. And then like I'm like, damn. So then she smacks the life out of my cousin. Bow! And I'm like, damn. <laughs> you know, and I she doesn't whoop me at all. And then I'm like, why? What happened? And she turns around. And she's like, keep your hands to yourself. You know what I mean? Because my cousin's defense was, I'm a woman. She shouldn't hit me. I'm a girl. And my aunt was like, woman, man, doesn't matter. Keep your hands to yourself. Mm. Doesn't matter who you are. Keep your hands to yourself. And that's always stuck with me because it's just like, and that's how I look at life now. It's just like, like every time I see this, a man reacts and hits a woman, and everybody goes crazy. Oh, yeah, and I'm yeah. just like, why is no one holding her accountable for her actions that led to his actions? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't. I get the, the the defense about the strength, the differences in strength, but you can't tell me how to act. I, I mean, how to react to what you did to me? Yeah. Like, listen, if you hit me right now and I shot you, I was wilding for that. That's definitely I'm wilding. But I never would have shot you. You kept your hands to yourself. So you did. You took another step while in um, Maryland. Okay, so the first step I, I want to ask, like when you decided to go to college, for someone who wanted to leave the house, you know, parents' house, early, well, why did you choose a university that was in Maryland? And then the second question is, how did you end up in, in the Army? Uh, okay, so first part. I just wanted to get the F out of my parents' home. Like, I just was, like, motivated to get out of the house. I actually wanted to go to Howard. Mm. But then my parents, like, talked me into... I got a, I got a scholarship to Howard, Morgan. Uh, I got one to American also. I probably got a scholarship to any fucking school I applied to. to I'm American was in... Uh, it's in D.C. D.C., uh, yeah, yeah. But I, was, but I, was, I, was I like, applied I to their... They have a campus in, like, Switzerland. Or some wow. shit like that. And I applied to that. I was going to go... That's where I was going to go. Mm. If it wasn't Howard, but then my parents somehow fucking talked me into going to Maryland. Like you know how they are. Yeah. Uh, so I ended up going to Maryland. Like, but it was still far enough that I, it was far enough okay. from home. So it wasn't like it was down the street. I live. Like, it was f- at least forty five minutes away. Okay. So they couldn't yeah. just pop up. You yeah. know. That's why I ended up going to Maryland. You know, that's really it. But yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's, that's really honestly <laughs> no, why I ended up going. That, to Maryland. that that sounds a lot like our community. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something yeah, yeah. like. Now, ah. you, you want to go to Howard? I know, not all black school. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's what he yeah. told me. It was like it's all black school. <laughs> like, there's more than black people in this world. You gotta do with them. And I'm like, my stupid ass. I'm 17, 18 at the time. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden, I'm like, oh yeah, that doesn't make sense. Like, it's more than black people in this world. And I've always dealt with more than just black people because I live in a very diverse community. Like, people think it's, well, Queens is probably the only place I've been to that's closest to it where I'm from. It's but where I'm from, it's very. I'm talking about something like. I, 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 a lot I, of people think racism exists anymore I, when they say that to me I laugh at them like my white friends and I'm like because you, you're blind to it because you yeah. don't see the bullshit that goes on you don't recognize the microaggressions who was racist to them no because for them it's like I grew up with all these people of other yeah. races and we were all fine we all shared the same food we all slept in the same like floor we all like ate at the, on the same at the same table like some of them I sleep at the houses and eat in the parents house like it's, we used to have a joke about fried chicken because mm-hmm. it was just like I have a white friend. His family loves fried chicken. And then they should be like, oh, we're black too now. Right? <laughs> it was a joke. It was well, but but I get it, It's not a bad joke, no, because, dude, to be honest. Because nah, one time his mom was like, you guys are fucking ignorant. You know? like, mm-hmm. And uh, she was, because she was really upset by that. We, didn't, uh, we thought she was going to find it funny. She did not. She did not find it funny. Because <laughs> she was just like, fried chicken is fried chicken. Everybody likes fried chicken. Yeah, it's not a black, white, does. purple thing. Mm-hmm. Anybody likes fried chicken. Though. That's the thing. Like, shut the hell up. <laughs> she, she was not happy about that. 
She killed that joke, actually. Okay, that she joke, knew. She knew. That joke stopped when she got a hold of that joke. <laughs> she was not. And the funny thing, we we were making that joke. We we're in the basement. I remember because we have like a, a fake boxing mask because we just got boxing gloves. And we were boxing. Yeah. We we're making that joke, and she heard it from upstairs and came downstairs. She never comes downstairs and bugs us mm. unless we cuss too much. And her uh, youngest son is upstairs, and or that stupid shit. She came downstairs like no. That's good though. That's good. That's good. So, but uh, the army. You said why did I join the army? Yeah, I was at the branch that you ended up in. My older cousin was in the army. He was a knucklehead. Like he, like yourself, was not like. Well, he came to this country as a seventeen-year-old. So obviously, when he was time for him to go to college, he couldn't pay for school. Hmm. So he was like, "All right, whatever. I'm gonna join the army and become a citizen and blah blah blah." So he and like, but. Before that, he was doing mad dumb shit, getting in trouble for like street racing. He's one of those kids that came here and wanted to be part of the thuggish, ruggish group. You feel me? So, but <laughs> that, that wasn't I, me. He joined the army, and I saw what the army did for him. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, and like, obviously it fucked him up. He, well, he went to Afghanistan and Iraq. He was one of the first people in. He's an infantry. First people in Iraq and Afghanistan. They were, he was there for like both places, like eighteen months apiece. He was there like to. He's part of his groups were part of the reason why they stopped that stop loss bullshit. Mm. Because it's like two of his soldiers committed suicide. Wow. Because they kept on telling them, Oh, you're going home, you're going home. And then they get ready to go home and you don't go home. And if you've ever been in a war type, I've been there. So I understand how that can get to that. Yeah. You feel me? Like when you just know you're about to be out of danger and then you got back in danger. So he just took their own fucking heads off. Mm. But so when he came back, he was whoo. But long story short, he ended up getting his degree in whatever he wanted to Green, some bullshit. Ended up working for the FBI. Then for FBI, went to Homeland Security. Homeland Security. And now at that t- at that time when I went to live with him and when I joined the army, he was actually applying to be an ambassador for the United States government. Oh wow! Right. My cousin has a master's. I, I, my PhD, master's in mathematics, but I forgot from like a, a regular school. He was applying against people that went to Harvard and Yale and Princeton, all the the, the tops the top seven. Yeah. Right. He got picked over them to be the ambassador. Oh, wow. Okay, so I'm living with him at the time, and I'm seeing this is like me fresh off the streets doing my dumb shit. Living with him, I I, I came with him because it was like shit was got too hectic, and I was like I'm gonna die out here. So I was living with him, and uh, and me and him were talking about my future, and like because he's because once he got the position, he's going to leave in like a couple of months, and like where was I gonna go after that? Yeah. You know. And he was like join the army, and I was like, oh, why not? That's why. <laughs> That's all it was. It worked for you, it. right? I, well, for, no, actually, he said join the military. No, I mean, I mean, for, for, I mean yeah. mentally, it worked for him, right? So, But I couldn't swim, so I wasn't joining the Navy. That, that was me. <laughs> I went to the Marine recruiter, and them motherfuckers are nuts, you know? And I'm like, yo, they, no lie. No you lie can't put them. someone that has severe PTSD as a recruiter. That's a bad mm. idea. It's like they came fresh off the range, as in, like, fresh, fresh out of uh, uh, deployment, I guess, yeah. and they put them in. Mm-hmm. Recruiting position. That's what it felt like to me. <laughs> After being downrange and coming back home, that's what it felt like when I when I when I thought back to that that, mm-hmm. that day I met them, and I, I I was like, okay, I feel like my before I walked out. Army was next door. I went to them, and then it was black dude, fresh, cool as fuck, my guy, and like the fucking the 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 NCO that was in charge of uh, that recruiting station also black, cool shit, and I liked them because they were very honest in their mm. approach. They were very honest, and like I mean like to the he, you know what I mean? I, they could have had me signed up for any bullshit, and like they, when I did my, I did my ASVAB test, all that came back, and I was choosing MOSs that I want to do. Yeah, 
And I saw that they were giving like $20,000 bonuses to join uh, infantry, uh, truck driver. I don't know if you know anything about driving trucks in the Army. I don't, At I, that I, time when I was I, joining, I drove in Navy, they were dying. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you hit an IED. Mm-hmm. You're the first one to go for that bad IED. Yeah. And like, and then they saw that, they were like, fuck no. Like, I, I was about to pick it because the bonus was so crazy. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what they used to get us. You know, he was like, fuck no. I probably, Both would, of them I, were I like, probably would have if I... They five. wouldn't let you. They wouldn't let you. Like, they were like, you're a very intelligent young black man. You're going to do something about your life. You're not choosing this. Mm. You pick something else that you could do outside of when you get the hell out of the army. Because they're like, because they both told me, like, you're not staying in for 20. I can tell you're not staying in for 20. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go Rangers. I'm going to do this. Because I was gung-ho fit. I was in shape. So I'm like, I'm going to be a Ranger. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go Air Special Forces. Yeah. They're like, you're not staying. You're too smart. You're not staying. And I'm like, you're smart. Because the, the head of the, of the NCO that was in charge, NCOIC, of that recruiting station, he was getting his PhD in education. So I'm uh, like, you're all cut intelligent yourself. Mm-hmm. So what the fuck do you mean? Like, that's not an indication of what that, I'm saying. That is completely different from my... my <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, they were not. I mean, my no. recruiter was intelligent, but because he was my age, he was both 20, uh, 26. Nah, they they guided me to. Yeah, he to, still, he to still the, tricked me though. Yeah, no, he see, no, nah, see, that's that, and that's why I realized a lot of people had that experience because I, I see, I see the jokes all the time on like on military recruiters, and like I didn't have that. Like mm. they literally guided me through the whole. I process. think you, you probably one of the first people I've met. Okay, yourself and um, but the other person who's been on the podcast, she, um, well, she had a mentor before. Going to the recruiter and she she went for officer. He put out officer program. Oh, see, so, you know, my cousin was like, "Oh, you gonna be a military? You gonna be an infantry?" Like he, cause he was down for my yeah. whole fucking uh, <laughs> airborne ranger shit. So he was like, "Yeah, you're gonna be infantry," cause he was infantry. So no, they were like, you, "No, no, no." The fact that so just you never made it to talk to an air force recruiter. Hell no, no, because I on my way there, I knew other people that were that were trying to get in the air force, and, and their rate their rate period was at eighteen months. Mm. Yeah, efforts, efforts. They, they take like, their time. Yeah, man. You can suck my dick. Like I'm not. Like, efforts. They, they, they're like, man. Ah, you know, we'll go play golf. Mind you, know. you, I had, I was, I was on a time crunch because my cousin was leaving in a couple months. Because yeah. he, like I said, he got accepted, and his first station was uh, Ethiopia. Mm, nice. So he was leaving in a couple months, and I'm like, I am on a time crunch. I don't have time. I'm not going back to my mom's house. With my tail tucked to my leg. I'm damn sure not going back to these streets so I can get shot or fucking put in jail for the rest of my life. Because. Mm-hmm. I've been locked up before. Not yeah. locked up, locked up, but I've been in holding cells for like a weekend. I don't like that shit. Yeah. I don't want to fucking be locked up for real for a locked up. Yeah. I'm going to lose my goddamn mind. So I was like, I got to do something. So I was I was under pressure. So the Air Force was out of... Okay. I did not even... The, the, but the Army, though, I'm glad I did it because like I said, those recruiters, like, they guided me to where I ended up doing. Like, they wanted either... They told me to do in, uh, intelligence or do uh, communications. Wow. Oh, sig- is, it's called Signal in the Army. Signal. Yeah, Signal. Wow, that is... So refreshing. To I don't me. have one. Of those, I'm sorry, I don't have one of those stories for you, but I can't. I, right, no, I, no, 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 no. Sergeant no. Frost got Scott, and I saw. I forgot the other guy's name. Sergeant Barbara Barbara Barbara. Fucking great people. Great humans. I have a men army. Yeah, uh, that, that's fine. That's Let me tell you fine. something. To the point that, like, because if you have like 60 credits in college or whatever, you're supposed to get like automatic E3 in the army when you go to basic. Yeah. I couldn't get my paperwork in on time. Oh. When I left for basic. Yeah. Yo, he pursued it. I was in basic when I got promoted to E3. Wow. My drill sergeant came up to me, he was like he and like he slapped the shit on my chest. You know how the fucking dickheads are for no reason. Just, I'm like, what's wrong with you, bro? Bow! Congratulations, you're you're on E three now. I'm like, wait, what? And then once I once I, I think like family day came around, I, I got a phone. So I was able to check my email and I saw that I got promoted. 
to E3 because he made sure my paperwork got in while I was in basic. Wow. He could have just said, he, once I got yeah. in and I, I was in, he yeah, could have checked me off. He could have checked you off. Exactly. I was, already, you off. Exactly. I was already, exactly. I was already on this book as in. Yeah. His you job know? is done. See what I'm saying? Okay. That's what I'm saying. Like, people like that, like, it's probably the reason why I am the way I am right now. Because, like, throughout my life, I just had people, like, I call them uh, Garden Angels. Mm. You know? Because it's like, they've just been, th- that I've been blessed to say I, I've had people that actually cared enough for me, looked out for me, that were not blood-related, that they never met me before, but just saw some in me that's always taken a, a liking to me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was in high school, freshman year, geometry class. I went in to get help like the first, second week. I didn't understand because geometry made no sense to me. I go to get help. My teacher, Miss Ernst, looks at me and goes, Joe, woman just met me. She's only known me for like a week, week and a half. When it comes time to do college, college recommendations, you need, you, need, you need anybody to come to me. I'll I, I, I do one for you. You feel me? This is my freshman year. This is, my, this is white lady I've never met in my life besides my, that first week and a half. Yeah. She did one for me when I graduated. Wow. She was there for my graduation. Wow. Like, you know, like... So throughout my life, man, I just been lucky to have that, and like I, I didn't appreciate those people at first, but now I understand. Like now that I look back and things, and I see how my life is going now. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, really, I think I'm saying that. Like, I've been blessed, honestly. I believe I, I've had a lot of hardships, but I've been blessed. So it's like, yeah, that's why I joined the army. If you, long story short, <laughs> that's yeah. how I understand that. Uh, it, it's a beautiful story. It's yeah. a beautiful. It's totally different from, you know, that that's one reason why. You know, people, some people have reached out to are like, oh, you probably must have had somebody from my country. Or I'm like, dude, your story is not going to be the same as that person. And, you know, there are other veterans I've reached out to and they're like, oh, you probably, I know you've had one veteran or two veterans or five. Like, what do you want to? I'm like, because every other person who's been here, none of them have had a recruiter like yours. My recruiter was, you know, I was fresh. And it's like, you speak English, your English is good. Um, do, you, do you have a car to come to the station? I said, no, my cousin. And in fact, the way I even ended up in military was, you know, they all said, family was like, oh, go do nursing. Like, all, the, all the Nigerians and Ghanaians are nurses. They, they all, they, they, yeah, yeah, they all work as nurses in the DMV area. Um, yep, yep, that's exactly what they do. Um, yeah, you quick make quick money, you know. You're, you're, I'm like, I don't like. I've C- never C- felt CNAs com- were the yeah, fucking CNAs. Are, CNAs, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm yeah, like, yeah, well, no, that, that's fine, but I'm, I've never been comfortable in that kind of field, so I don't know if I want to do that. Okay, then go, I'll go to McDonald's or Walmart, and okay, well, write your CV or resume. I've never done that in my life. Nobody wanted to guide me. Okay, oh, go 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 apply to school. Okay, that's Yo, when I found out about. Everybody has a fucking great about your life, but never wants to execute your life. Yeah, right. And, and it's, that's it's when funny I found out about out. school loans, <laughs> and I'm like, wait, they they take school loans in America? They're like, uh, how you think you pay for school? You think I'm gonna pay for you? I'm like, what? So now I'm like paranoid. I'm overwhelmed, and distant cousin calls me like, hey, um, I'm like, you know what? Okay, I'll go join the army. The reason why I wanted to join the army was because I couldn't swim. I'm down from a riverine tribe in Nigeria, but I never stayed in the villages, so I'd have learned how to swim. But even though that means swimming across rivers anyway, but um, I was like, yeah, I don't know how to swim, so I won't go to the navy. And then um, my mom was like, oh, they they will know that uh, they will look, know that you're Nigerian. There's only Africans that they sent to uh, Iraq, so why would they? Where did they get all this? I don't know, but you know, they will send you to Iraq. They will, they will, hey, you want to kill me? This, uh, she starts calling the whole family, called my uncle who was oh the major general God. in Ghana. Sounds like army. my mom. <laughs> and that one is like, but he was in the army in Ghana. So why would he say I shouldn't join army, you know? My distant cousin here, he was in the Navy. He calls me and says, hey, hey, tell your mom you join the Navy. 
I said, but I don't know how to swim. He said, oh, they'll teach you how to swim. Okay, oh, they'll teach me. Okay, that's fine. And See, I was like, well, what, what will I do in the Navy? Oh, just tell them supply. I said, what's supply? Oh, you carry boxes. What, what is box? Boxes, that's it? That's all? Yeah. Oh, I can do that. Yeah, okay. That's it. No, he just they set me up. <laughs> so I called recruiter. Recruiter was like, hey, what do you want to do? Supply. Really? That, yeah, supply. So I didn't even know I would take out. He didn't tell so me. My you cousin, didn't my know cousin, you had choices for MOS. My cousin did not mention um, ASVAB. Recruiter did not mention ASVAB. Nothing until the day I went for MEPS. I just, they were like, <laughs> walk in here, That's face the nuts. computer, the, don't talk to nobody. I'm like, whoa. Well, Bro, well, let me tell all you they told me was medical test I'm coming here for, right? And they check my background for arrest and all that. I'm like, you see my face? You see my face yeah. in disbelief? <laughs> like, bro, let me. My, but I'm, I've met some people with those kind of stories. And that, I, but that, I was like, what is so? You know what? But the guy I was looking at the guy like, why would I? Why would what 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 are you telling me to do? What kind of medical test is this? He's like the duck walk. <laughs> the guy looked at me and was like, oh, you're one of those again. <laughs> Dude, go do the goddamn asvab. Asvab. Huh? So I just went there and now I'm panicking. I end up doing the test. I didn't even know. I didn't want to look at my results. And the people were crying the next day. Oh, I failed. Oh, I took the test for the third time. I'm like, shit. People have taken the test for three times. People are fucking stupid. And I'm That's like, an aptitude oh test. My God. <laughs> I, I, I'm not even going to bother looking at my results. I didn't know I've not taken the test in how many years. Now, I must have failed badly. Look, I'm, I'm, oh, these kids are failing. Jeez, I must have failed. And then somebody looks at me, hey, man, you're quiet. What did you score? And I'm like, uh, Oh, I failed. Yeah, but what was your score? Oh, I failed. Yeah, you share. Everybody shared here. You know, everybody. This guy's got 20. This one's got 19. This one's got. I'm like, God dang. Over 100? <sighs> dang, this test. I thought it was easy, but maybe it's not that easy. Maybe I was just tripping. And I left one whole section. I didn't do the the section that has like the circles and. Squares. Oh, we had to put the things together. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was like, yeah, wait, yeah, what the hell? Yeah, I'm yeah, tired. Yeah, so yeah, I, I, left yeah. the, I left that section blank. I, I didn't touch that. I didn't answer a single question there. And. Someone came from behind me and pulled my card, snuck up on me and pulled my card. And that's when he was like, dude, you got 69. Who's, who's your tutor? What book did you use? And he's asking me, I'm like, there's a, there's a book? I didn't want to say my head back score now. Shit. And, <laughs> I'm, I'm, and I'm like, wait, what? And they're like, what job do you want to do? I said, um, supply. Oh, you don't want to be an OS? You don't want to be an IT? And then I'm like, well, I'm, I'm not a citizen, but... Um, we were like, oh, okay, we might not get some of them, but hey, you should ask yeah, for this. And then there was, there was, yeah. they're throwing jobs at me, and I'm like, what, what, what? You mean, huh? I, I, I'm like, wait, wait, no, 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 this is too much. I'll just stick to my supply. <laughs> Yo, my recruiter used to come pick me up. We used to go for runs. Yeah, we went to we had lunch together on like certain days. Wow, that's why it's crazy you're saying this shit to me. Like I, it, it was only on the weekends, <laughs> but I had to go with other um, kids who had been recruited, and we exercised nah, together. My recruiter used to come pick but, me up. Yeah, you know, there was like, no, and then like. I took a pre-advab. This is what they do at that in that in that recruit station, which is smart. So they're gonna waste your fucking time. Mm -hmm. They'll make you come in and take like a pre-advab, twenty questions. If you don't score That's at least good. at least like a thirteen out of twenty, mm -hmm. they'll tell you to go home and study, and they'll give you like a book to go. Yeah, and you can get the book at the library. So from what I, I went in, I took I got twenty out of twenty. Boom. So mm -hmm. then I went to Meps. No, I took my ASVAB before I went to Meps because you have to take it before you go to Meps. Where yeah, I, I took it. I got no, it. you you took it at Meps. Oh, not, not for me. I took away from oh, oh, to Maps. I oh, took well. like a month before I went to Maps. Oh, okay. I, I scored a 92. Nice. And that's when like the Marines and the Navy recruiters started hitting me up again. And I was like, <laughs> I can't swim. <laughs> and you motherfuckers are crazy. So I am not going. So I don't understand. 
I do, what did what did Marines need ninety two for? <laughs> Marines, I thought twenty eight, bro, twenty nine. I was at, let me tell you something. I was at Marines. Meps, bro. I was at fucking Meps, and they were smoking kids at Meps. This kid's mm. not even in yet. They were getting smoked at Meps. Like oh. wow. For those that's listening, I know what being smoked is. They were getting forced to do physical activities as punishment <laughs> at Meps. <laughs> And Marines, Marines is, you're not in yet, so Marines, uh, yeah, a little different. It's uh, so I'm saying, so I'm like, yeah, you motherfuckers are nuts. Yeah, they are nuts. So yeah. I'm glad I went army and yeah. whatever. I'm out. <laughs> That's crazy. Ah man, this is <laughs> okay. Let's take a short break and then we're gonna focus on you being in America. Let's be in America full time. Hi everyone, your host Rafael Harry here. I can't believe we have gone past our one year anniversary of doing White Label American. I've had the privilege of speaking with some amazing people, sharing their modern day immigrant stories. And you've allowed this Nigerian immigrant to share parts of his immigrant journey through this podcast. Also, one of my goals of this podcast is breaking down artificial walls that keep people from getting to understand each other. Based on your wonderful feedback over the last year, I think we have done a decent job in breaking down some of those walls. We would like to continue and expand on this mission, but we need your help. I've had an amazing time creating and producing episodes for this show largely on my own we have a lot of ideas for new and exciting content to expand upon the mission but we need direct support from you our listener which is why we have created a white label american patreon page where you can make a one-time donation or become a sustaining contributor where you can get access to exclusive content help me interview upcoming guests by submitting questions and even have the chance to sit down with me for a one-on-one conversation either virtually or in studio so if this podcast means something to you and if you really love this show think about becoming a sustaining contributor and donating by going to patreon.com slash white label american pod thanks for listening and for the privilege of your company all right welcome back from the quick break and thanks for staying with us so joe you moved to america uh maryland uh where, where in maryland where you at germantown maryland oh montgomery county it's like 20 that, minutes yeah. outside of dc I was, um, when I first moved to the United States, I was in Fairfax. Well, I was at Reston. I stayed with my mom in Reston. Oh, okay. And uh, my brother brought me to Silver Spring once. Yeah, okay. And that's where I saw, I think that's where I saw my first movie in the United States. Uh, what was that? That's an Adam, Adam Sandler movie. Why? He, <laughs> I don't know why he took me to that. But uh, that was the first time. Um, yeah, I, 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 I thought I was um, my my man my man you know the being a bro uh, yeah it failed because uh, my bro was like oh this uh, uh, the 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 
the what they call them the staff of the cinema where you buy the popcorn uh, and all that yeah 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 like the, man, the manager had a crush on me and she was like oh who's that cute guy you know i was like my, my lanky self fresh <laughs> from nigeria very skinny you know still had a little hair and you know and she, she, he, he was like oh that's that's my bro you want to talk to that guy and he was like hey go to the counter that lady wants i said go to the counter for what said that that just go and as, as soon as i was coming i saw the lady smile and she 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 like ran away i was like um well, why is she running away like what so oh, he said she likes you I said, oh well that's why you told me to go oh hell no i'm not going <laughs> I'm like i'm not even i'm fresh off the boat i haven't been in the united states for up to one week then after like i stayed for two weeks and eating enough burgers I'm like, all right let's go <laughs> i ain't taking you there you failed <laughs> yeah hell that's mad far too man some uh, spring from to Reston, that's not uh, yeah. quick yeah that's a four yeah drive. No, for my, my cousins lived in gettysburg oh that's right by me mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah yeah yeah. that's why i knew german town oh okay i spent my first christmas in america there oh okay yeah, yeah so, that's crazy yeah so um when you arrived, do you, do you remember your first culture shock, or did yeah. that come later? Did it, that come from a later memory? Man, you know what? The smell of the air when I arrived was just like it was so different. Like just like this is my first time being in snow. Mm-hmm. Oh, you arrived during winter, uh, December '96. This was so. This is my first time seeing snow, and this is like the blizzard '96. So I don't know. If you're familiar with the Blizzard '96, like you know what that, where my area, that's that Blizzard '96 was it. So I come, it's snowing. There's some, I distinctly, I can always remember that smell. That smell sticks with me to this day. Like I remember the airport. I remember seeing my mom and my dad, like my little brothers for the first time. That smell of the airport, I can't mm. forget that. But I felt a culture shock though. Uh, I think the first time, for me was. Oh yeah, this is my first time also seeing white people in the person. Like this is my first seeing a white person or yeah. Asian person, someone that was not black. Let me put it that way. Okay. In person, so that was like, it's because you've been you've been around from, so it's like, it's a very diverse place. Yeah. So this is like my first time seeing people of all races, creed, ethnicity interact with each other. So that's I guess number one. But to me, the biggest thing to me was like I'm a very touchy person. Like you know, like but if, where I'm from, it's an okay thing. Like to yeah. be close, you try to hug your friends <laughs> and like you know you. America, like, uh. I quickly learned that. Like, I was, remember being in the fourth grade. I was in school, and it was me and my friend. It was Peter and Greg. They were, like, my two first friends I made in the United States. You know, two white boys. And, like, I go to hug Peter. And it's like going to recess or something. And then he was just like, what the hell? Get over. That's so gay. And, like, that to me was so, I had never understood that. Mm. You know? And, like, and I used to dr- I used to go to school like an idiot, bro. I used to do all... My jeans, my shirt tucked into my jeans, yeah. but tied in, like, you know? And I see other kids are looking at me like, what is wrong with this kid? But, like, it wasn't registering in my mind, like, what the fuck are you doing, son? Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> and then, like, that's, I think that was it for me. It was just, like, the that trying to give my friend a hug and put my arm around my friend's shoulder, and he was yeah. just like, Yeah. I was, like, I, I, that space thing was a big thing. I didn't understand that. But, obviously, as, I'm a, I'm a quick learner, so as, Mm-hmm. Within a week, I was like, "Oh, oh, this is how this works. Let me, let me stop tucking my dumb ass shirt in. Let me, <laughs> let me, let me turn it to everybody else. You know, like." Yeah, I think that was something that because I I came as an adult, and um, you know, I, even as as men, you know, we still touch each other, hold each other, and 
um, I had uh, there was an acquaintance. He's no longer a guy friend, um, and he used to do this thing like if you were losing an argument to him or you were slow to get a point that he was making and we just so happened to be crossing the street, he would just grab you and I come on, I'll take you across the street because you're slow to catch up to what he's telling you. So it's like, That's I may as well just That's take hilarious. you along. <laughs> may as well just take you along. So it became something that, you know, people never fought against it except if you were brand new to our crew. And then you, but what are you doing? But it's not like, why are you, why are you touching me? That, that was never the question. Like, why, why is a man holding a fellow man's hand? Like, that was never the question. So we just, we laughed with it. And you know, when I joined, I, I, I moved to the United States November um, 2006, uh, no, 2007. And um, by March, I already signed up for the Navy. And um, July, I was in boot camp. And of course, you know, I'd be like, hey, man, I'm, I'm tapping for shit. Those people freezing up, like why I touch the shoulder. It's like it's like a dev in, in, with the headlights on. Like, oh, yeah. what up? What's up, man? What's up? What's, hey, 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 man. We 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 we're about to go take a shower. Why are you touching me, man? That, that, like, that's something you want to tell right? me, like, bro. I'm like, why, 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 why are you also touchy? Like, uh, I'm not making a move on you. I mean, if I wear, I think I'll be I'll, 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 yeah, I'll, I'll yeah, yeah, like yeah. this. It's it, just exactly. weird. And. Oh no 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 man you you that uh, you got you gotta learn American man you gotta learn space personal space yeah it's just a crazy uh, thing to me oh, yes. oh, but at the same time we're like all of us were naked taking a shower together and still chatting so uh. but but yeah just just a space it's, it's like you know what I'm saying America's is a crazy place to grow up in it's like and like you know what is until like. <sighs> You have a perspective of of an of an outsider. You don't see how crazy it is to grow up here, mm -hmm. and like, and I think that's why it's easy for me to navigate my way through America because it's like I was once an outsider who's mm -hmm. not who's not part of the clan. Yeah, but also understands the perspective of an outsider. So it's like, and that's why like I try to treat people all like respect every time I meet them. Like, and I, I try to, I'm always polite to people, because like being an outsider in a, in a, in a, in, a, in, a, in a very in, not in, in a, in a non-inclusive society that, that America is, as long as it tries to pretend it's very inclusive, it's not very inclusive. You learn real quickly like how lonely you can get if you don't know how to assimilate and be a part of that culture. That's true. You know what I mean? So it's like, the American culture is crazy. That's you know? true. Like, it's crazy. Because like, I listen to my parents talk about it and it's like, they because they didn't grow up here and never had to assimilate to this culture and like, there's just been adults here the whole life so like they go to work and go home. Mm -hmm. And they speak about America, or whatever, and they're like, it, it sounds so crazy. It's almost like they don't, they don't live here yes, when they speak that, about exactly. it. Coming from me, because like I live in, in a, and then I have to fight both battles of being a Black American and a, and a Sierra Leonean. Mm -hmm. It's a hard battle to fight on a daily basis. Yeah, and people understand that. Like, mm -hmm. it, it took me a while to reconcile both. You know, because like I told someone the other last week, I had to choose which side is going to represent more. And I, being a young Black man in America, of course, I'm going to choose my young Black Americanness. Because yep. that's what's going to help you survive in black. America. You oh, black comes first. Exactly. And until exactly. I realized that is because there are so many of us who are like, oh, Nigeria, Nigeria, Nigeria. And I'm like, uh, and then when it happens, ah, I did not think this would happen to me. It's racism. I said, because um, you're a black okay. fool. Like, I'm no like, one cares the fact you're Nigerian. No one gives yeah, a shit that you're Sierra Leone. No one gives I, a I, shit I try to tell you. I mean, like, when I started posting about Black Lives Matter back in the days, man, it wasn't like I was some, I'm, I don't consider myself woke, but. I was, Thank I, you. I, I just, I, I, I thought it, this is the right thing to do. That's where I was coming from. You know, I saw, I saw a problem and I didn't like it. 
and there were Nigerians literally in, in boxing black. me. It's like, they were inboxing me like, uh, "Oh boy, you, you, you know, you know, we know, we know, we know, we know, we know these people. What, what is wrong with you? We're not these people. You know, we, we 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 are we, we are better than them. Okay, that what you feel? Then guess what? A few months later, a Nigerian gets shot in Atlanta. Nigerian American gets shot. I shouldn't say Nigerian. Nigerian American. And guess who's complaining now? And they're tagging me. I'm like, why, why are you tagging me on this? If you're going to come and complain. But do, just, why do you need to tag me? Raph, you, I did not see you complaining about this guy. I said, why, why do you Don't you tell me it's to tomorrow and business? Now, do you need Black Lives Matter to come complain? To come For fight? Exactly, like, yeah, so, exactly. And then when NSAS begins, who were you guys calling to come carry the cross for you guys? But as soon as something goes down, you are the first to attack. And I'm like, come on, why are we... Like, we don't, you're, you're black, learn it, learn it. So I, I have a good friend of mine. He just arrived literally five days ago. He's in Ohio. Um, he's at Bowen, uh, no, Bowling Green University. And, okay. you know, he's setting things. He's, he's fresh, first time in America, first time. And I'm like, enjoy it. But at the same time, I'll be wrong if I don't tell you certain things. Like, you don't need to wait until, you know, two years until I, that's when I started cracking and like, oh, 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 you you have the advantage of knowing people like me now who are like been from here day one. Done this it. Is it. Yeah, exactly. So know where you step. No and don't think just because all smiles, it means no, it doesn't mean that. So enjoy what you're enjoying, but this is this is what it is. And you're black. I told you from day one, you're black. Remember that. Never forget that. You you're just Never don't think because you just arrived from Nigeria, like uh I'm different from these people. You're not different from this. You're the not moment you even step foot in America, they don't give a shit about the fact that you're Trinidadian, uh, Jamaican, Your accent Nigerian. Might sound like Sebastian from it, the, the Little Mermaid. It doesn't matter because <laughs> what they see is blackness. And the, even, even other, bro, listen to me. I was in college. This is when I went to the University of Maryland, College Park. So I'm like in one of our, it wasn't my dorm actually. I'll take that back. I was in the city of. I was in PGK. Where was I? Wherever. Oh, I went to my friend's apartment building, and they have like a security desk on the down. You have to check in. Blah blah blah. Both securities are both black. Both are Sierra Leoneans. Don't realize I'm Sierra Leonean. I got mm -hmm. my do rag going. Got my feather backwards. You know what I mean? Like I got my earring in. I'm wilding, and I'm, I'm probably drunk. And they start talking in Creole. Oh, look at and pretty much what they were saying was just like, oh, look at these fucking bastards. They ain't gonna be shitting life. Blah 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 blah. They, I mean, they are shitting us heavy, hard body going, 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 going. And like, I think at the time, one of my boys was arguing with them for whatever. whatever. Like the head of security comes out. He's a black American. Boom, boom, boom. They get done talking. Boom, boom. And I'm like, I like to uh, report and uh, file a complaint. And then he was like, why? And I, and I, and I lay out exactly what these fools have been saying about this. And their face was just like. <laughs> and he was like, oh, I was like, yeah, well, you didn't know. And I said something in Creole. I forgot what I said to them. And I know I can't even speak that well anymore. So, But <laughs> at the time, I couldn't speak it well enough. Uh, and fun fact that's I've, all they oh, see your blackness <laughs> I, I, I was because uh, I had a Shalonan um, shipmate when I you know, we went to boot camp together he was older and he's from New York too I, we lost contact after boot camp because he, he he left for Florida whenever um, he didn't he didn't have his cell phone then and just never connected again after that um, Ali Sila great great guy but he was like real he was like an uncle <laughs> boot camp because he was much older 
and that guy like we we always had this thing we used to say because it was uh, I think during this was during the civil war the Sierra civil war that um um that was the first time we had the the Creoles which we call pigeon English on on the radio and it was like man this is this is this is the best one we've had West Africa. like we well, you know Nigeria we like to claim everything is the best from Nigeria and all that then we had Shalonian. I was like, man, this it's like it's like they're singing. So when I met uh, Ali in in book camp, I was like, bro, you know, I, I was speak my Nigerian Creole. It's like, ah, he, he understood. So that was just tough for us with using that, like our code. Yeah, <laughs> to yeah, go past yeah. right, right, word up. <laughs> he didn't understand that the main reason why I used to do that to him was just so he could speak. Because I just love hearing it. I love hearing Shalonian. Because that's one is why I always get in trouble with a bunch of Nigerians. Because I don't do this. Nigeria is better than every anybody. I've never believed that. You know, at one point in time I used to, but the moment I started meeting other people, I'm like, man, I enjoy. When they say come eat jollof, I eat jollof from. I've eaten jollof from Sierra Leone. I've eaten jollof from everywhere, uh, and I'm, I enjoyed listen, it. If it's not from my mama, if the person my mama can't house, cook, if the person can't cook, then the person can't cook. It's different. Nah, I, I but fuck all that. If, if it's not from good, my mama house, it ain't I good. enjoy it. I, <laughs> I enjoy it. So. Why would I say only Nigerians can cook? Why are only Nigerians can do this? And then you find the food didn't even come from Nigeria. And then you're like, well, why are we fighting everybody? <laughs> We're fighting everybody. Like, it must be Nigerian. The music is this. Like, there, there was even a group of Sierra Leoneans, you know, because a lot of Sierra Leone refugees were in Nigeria. And one of, a couple of them were singing Yoruba. It was an explicit song. But, man, we love that song. That song was hot for a minute. I don't know which which other it was like in one hit wonder, but I, I can't even remember their group, that that group's name. But man, it was one day I found out they were Sierra Leoneans. So I was like, well, these boys, you guys just figured <laughs> figured out Nigeria's music market, singing Yoruba, boys with joy. Hey, hey, hey. Exactly. You go down to the ghetto, that's the song everybody was grooving to. And I'm like, man. But people were still at the same time complaining on the radio. Why is Nigerian government spending money on Syria alone? <laughs> at the same time, you're dancing to music from Syria alone. Why? But when you see a Chilean woman on the street, hey, they're final, they're final. Ooh, I, I, I feel married one, I feel married one. Mm-hmm. But then you, then, like, make up your mind. Which com- what complaint do you want to complain about? Like you know, people just like to talk, man. Yeah, we're performative. Yes, it's all about theatrics. Yeah, theatrics. So, um, you did your four years in the army. I did four, and then I got out. And you got out. Well, no, I did four active, and I did two. I signed up for another six as a reserves. Okay. My second year in the reserves, I went for uh, to one of the NCO academies. So I went for uh, January, and I came back, and they hadn't put my paperwork in to get paid after a month of me being away. Oh, no. And that's why we're still at pace. So I'm like, bro, I could have went to school and made like uh, 3000 or whatever we were making. Yeah, that time. was like... Uh, and you guys didn't put my paperwork, and they're like, yeah, well, according to... And then they're like, well, in this unit, we don't put paperwork until you come back from training. And I'm like... That's not according to fucking big army, which I, uh, 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 ranks all this bullshit you're saying to me. That's that paper is supposed to be put in the week you go in. Yes. Argue, argue, argue. I haven't got to my commander, and then we got an argument. You got so so I cussed all of them out. I never went back. That's how I ended my army career. <laughs> so I cussed all of them out because they're all fucking stupid, and it's like you fucking idiots. And I, I told them straight, I'm like, you fucking idiots, come in, you play fucking army. I I was in the army. I know how the fucking army works. So don't tell me this bullshit. You yeah. know what I mean? So we go and then like they're all looking at me like I was cussing all of them the fuck out, all of them from captain down to fucking E8. They're all getting cussed the fuck out. I cussed, and then my fucking E7 was in there too trying to fucking chime in. And I cussed him out too. Then I went, then I went to the E7 for uh, for S1. I cussed this stupid ass out, and mm. I never came back. And they never contacted you. They after? did. Yeah. They did, and I was like, "I'm not fucking coming back. Fuck you guys. Just fucking add me out. Add me not me out." 
You feel me? Like, uh, and then it kept on calling, and then like my command, my uh, because I worked in the six shop, so my uh, NC, oh, I see in the six shop. I love him, my guy. That guy got this guy was trying to give me a GS twelve job when I when I when I first met him. Wow. Like straight up, he was just like, oh, we talked and he took, oh, you were active duty, and then we talked for a little bit. And he's like, oh, you do this. Email me the, all of um, because obviously, obviously, I had the uh, military email still, so all my all send me all the shit, and I was like, oh shit, but I, I was like, nah, bro, I've been trying to do film, so I, <laughs> I don't have it. But you know what I mean? Like, so I like him and I got along very well, and I, I was like, yo, it's not you, sir, but the rest of your fucking command compadres are idiots, and like you know, like you can't make up your own. When the when big army has a regulation, you can't you can't yeah, yeah, yeah. make up your own. It supersedes everything you have to fucking right. make it up. And I know how the army works because my first year in the army, like I said, I had a an angel. My NCOIC in my platoon, we and I were talking and we all make jokes. And he was like, "Joe, like Dabo, what's the difference you yeah, and I?" That's and I was like, "Of course, you're E six. I'm an E three, dumbass." Ah ha 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 ha. And he's like, no, try again. And it's like, what are you talking about? And he was like, I know my regulations and you don't. Mm, true. 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 That's why I always had an SOP, standard operating procedures at my desk. So I learned the fucking regulations. <laughs> when I got to my next unit, I had a fucking NCO come up to me and try to tell me I couldn't wear my fleece the way I had my fleece worn. Because in that unit, they don't do that in that unit. And I'm like, I'm going to fuck. In the army, you can't do that because big army says you can do blah, 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 blah. And then he just looked at me crazy. He's like, I'm like, yes. So no, sergeant. I'm not fucking taking my my face off. If you want to be against it, put it in writing. Yep. I'm like, I'm going to take it to JAG. If you have something against it, put it in writing and send it to me. I'm going to take it to JAG. What if you send it? He looked at me. Right. No, my first month there was, I don't know what I My first two months there was rough though because like after that situation occurred, another one occurred when it was like they tried to put me on the duty roster. But like according to you can't be in the first 90 days, you can't put you on the duty roster. And I knew that. But he was trying to do it because this girl he was fucking... He was trying to get her out of fucking duty. Ah. And I was like, no, I'm not doing it because yeah. blah, 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 blah. Ooh, after that, they tried to fuck me any way they could. Yep, retaliation. They, they tried to. <laughs> but then, like, you know what it was? I just came from I just came from an infantry unit. And when you come from an infantry unit, you do your job. You really fucking do your job because you're in the field all the time. So I came there knowing my job and I do my job. And my first day at that duty station in Gordon, my commander was there. And him and I got to talking. And my first sergeant was there. We got to talking. And they were asking me questions about my job, asking me, and I was answering, like, oh, you really know what you're doing, so we want you here. So they had my back, so I was like, fuck yeah, it. That's <laughs> it. Bro, that's but it. Even the Navy, when, when you, you, you know your shit. It's hard because they need you more they, than you need them. When bro. people come after you, it's, They can't fuck with you. Yeah, yeah, people going, but like, they, nah, you, we ain't going to let that happen. But sometimes you can make your life harder for them. That, and that's what I had, to, I had to learn. That's what going to Afghanistan taught me. I met this captain in Afghanistan, and she was just like, Joe, Hey, Dabo once more. No, no. Yeah, Dabo. Yeah, I used to be just, she's like, name. you're just the like last me. Name's in yeah, she's like, I love you because you're just like me. And I'm like, what do you mean? She was just like, listen, you know you're right and you know what the fuck you're doing, but sometimes every battle is not worth fighting because even if you win, you will lose. True. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? But I understood when I thought about it, I'm like, you're right because I'm going to show this asshole up in front of everybody else. Mm -hmm. And then because of his authority and command, I'm going to get fucked in one way, shape, or order. Yeah. So I was like, you know yeah. what? I took that. I took that lesson. I internalized it, and I, I made that part of who I am. Yeah. So thank you, Captain. Uh, I forgot her name now. I loved her. <laughs> She's uh, probably a major, uh, a colonel now, actually. That's good. So it was in the army that 
you was wait it wasn't the army that you decided wait was it in the army that you decided to um y- your love for film started coming through or like no 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 yeah. i've always been an artistic artistic kid okay like a person human being even as a child like i used to write i used to write a lot as a ch- the child i wrote a lot like i, I write poetry mm. so i used to like i actually used to think i do i do music i used to write raps and shit but like i just was never like confident in myself enough like to be get to rap but i used to write because like Believe it or not, Master P and Puffy like were two of my biggest idols growing up, and it wasn't because of music. You thinking like, why the hell would you like him because of music? Because I know not music. I learned at an early fucking age where the money was in art, and it was behind the scenes. It wasn't in front of the camera. Yep. It was behind the because back in the days they used to have this show called VH1 Behind the Music, and uh, Puffy did an episode. And uh, at the time it was called Puffy. He wasn't dead yet. Yeah, he was yeah, Puffy. Yeah. He did an episode. And that's been the So like in this episode, he talks about his rise. He talks about how he went to Howard actually. Yeah. That's why I wanted. That's yeah. see my. You, yeah. Now you can follow my story. Mm-hmm. So he went to Howard. So he was talking about how he was a Howard. He was a backup dancer actually. And so he was at this middle middle video shoot. I forgot for whom. And he was a backup dancer behind him doing his thing. Do do do. And then but he said what he started noticing was the people in the suits behind the camera, the ones with the Rolexes, the ones that were calling the shots. It wasn't the creatives. It wasn't like, you know what I mean? The, the camera, it wasn't the talent. It wasn't the rapper whose video was dancing in. That was a guy that was behind, and then he started looking into it. So when he got into entertainment, yeah, he followed the art, but he also made sure his business was straight. Mm. And then Master P for me was just the fact that like, you know Master P was offered X amount of money, whatever, and he turned it down, and instead asked them to give him an 85-15 deal, which is pretty much... He gets 85% of the profit and the record label gets 15 you know? And they gave it to him because they're like, oh, you're a gangster rapper. You're going to die anytime soon. Look where he is right now. He's still alive. Master P was Master P. Was doing it before the Jay-Zs and the yeah. Diddy, all that came along. You know what I mean? He's a guy who... who he doesn't get his credit. the blueprint for he's southern. a lot of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't get his credit. Uh, but that, that also helped me check some of my bias. Like, um, what was that? What was that documentary on Netflix called? The one on hip-hop. Uh, that's a hip hop documentary. Oh, I never watched it. I'm talking I, about I watched hip hop evolution or some shit. I think I, yeah, I never watched evolution. it. But like, but, but it did a good job of paying homage to because it, it started in um, New York, obviously, and then but the, when they did the Southern rap and they did touched on Texas and then they go to Atlanta, they, they were to New all Orleans, entrepreneurs as as well as like, artists. Wow, you know, there's this language that we use about black business, black ownership, and black old. And then when we see rappers, we're like, oh, hell no. We start downgrading, we start insulting them. And then, and then when it's like rappers from the South, oh, extra hell no. Extra. And then I was like, wait a minute. Why, why? And I'm like, yeah, but Master P in Nigeria, I remember Master P coming through, but we're only about, he's a rapper. That's what we talked about. Master, talk about it. let you me know, tell you something I realized through Master P. Majority of the musicians, not, not, not so true nowadays, but in the 90s for short. Majority of the music artists in the South were entrepreneurs. They own their yeah. own. They made. They're rich off of their music without ever signing a major deal because True. they. they, they yeah. it was, that, 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 I think that the what they call it, uh, tr- uh, trunk music or something like that. They start moving music out the yeah. trunk. That and that's also something that helped someone like Fifty Cent when he, he came through because he did bro, something similar to that. Bro, Master P and Diddy were probably the two biggest like influence in my life growing up. As like and it's crazy and but it's I wish I had the same drive as they did. But like I said, like my drive was mostly based on getting the fuck out of my parents' house. Yeah. And I think once I got out of their house, 
I didn't have anything motivating me anymore. Mm. And that's why I often find myself in like fucked up positions in life. Like I often like, I'm doing well in life and then I'll just take a hard left on purpose though. And I never knew why, but I think I operate better from a stance of chaos because I can, from that way I can find motivation. Mm. I need to find a way that I don't take 10 steps backwards just to get back, to, you know, because you know what it is? Every time I fuck up, I come back way stronger than I was before. So like if I'm at step 10, I'm going to go all the way back to step five so I can get to step 14. But I need to figure out how not to waste my energy Yeah. and just you go from 10 to 14 without going back to five. And that's where I'm at in life right now. And that's the difference to me and the Diddy's and the P and Master P's and the Jay Z's is the intelligence and the knowledge to to be able to do what I to do what they can do and what they did, but I don't I don't think I have the focus of the drive, and I and I don't know exactly why. But with all that being said, go back to I've always been a, I've always written art I've always done art I've always been into music I've always, I, I love music I live and die by music son I love the arts. I started writing stories because of that, blah, blah, blah. I wrote poetry. And then when I got to college, University of Maryland, I met my friend, my brother, my heart, Patrick, my boy Pat. He, like, filmed also, like, telling stories also. So, like, him and I started doing stuff together. And that's when I was like, oh, I really just want to write film and do work on film. Like, producing, directing, writing, even starring. If I, you know what I mean, listen, I'm a pretty boy. So I want to start, you know, I'm small too. But, uh, yeah, that's really what it was. Like, I went to college, and that's what I really developed and really, like, nurtured my my love of the arts. Well, not the art specifically, but just film specifically, I should say. Because I always loved the arts, but, like, film specifically was when I got to college. Mm. The first time. Yeah. And which ended up, like, creating, like, a conflict in my mind. I was like, what the fuck am I here doing accounting and finance? I don't really like this shit. I'm just here. I'm like, I'm not having a good time. That's why I dropped out initially. But, like I said, I didn't have the discipline and the focus enough to do it at the mm. time. It went to why I ended up in the military because I was just like, I can't keep on these streets. There's nothing comes from the streets. Let people understand something. The only thing you get from the streets is death or jail. Or you, you, you somehow escape both and live a shitty life for the rest of your life. Unless you're smart enough to get out of it early enough. Mm. And I saw that because I just saw seeing motherfuckers getting like, you want to talk football numbers? They were getting football fucking numbers. I'm talking about big numbers. And then one of my homies that got killed... Like two of them actually. I was like, I don't know. I'm out. I'm out. This bitch. I'm gonna focus on my arts. <laughs> so that's why I was like, let me join the army. I went to my cousins. I yeah. Like shit got like I said, shit got critical. So I went to my cousins in VA because I took me out of DC and more and more. And I was like, yeah, I want to do art. I want to do this. I want to do this. And that's why the military came into play because he pretty much told me he was like, yeah, you can go to school. I mean, do the military, get out, GI Bill, and go to school. But I'm like, I know I'm gonna stay in the military. But then I got in and I was like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. I don't want to make movies mm -hmm. and do my arts. I'm going to get the fuck out. I got out and then I went and moved to New York. So were you ever tempted in the military to... Because um, I, I know in the Navy, if you're an MC, um, I think I see my... Master of Communications or Mass Communications? I don't know which one it is. Oh, they have Navy. like a like a, I know like a army has something like that. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah, so yeah. So you, yeah, you yeah. can like do work on the, the film studios or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you ever attempted to go that route in the army? I thought about it when I was when it's time for me to reclass. Yeah. Not, well, I didn't have to, but I was going to reclass when my contract was coming up. But then I, on all, all like I did not want to stay in the military because I needed to do what I want to do when I wanted to do it. Yeah. And like even if you stay in the military and did that, like you might as well go work for a news news uh, reporting anchor or whatever, because mm -hmm. you're still in the military at the end of the day. You're, you're sure. not 
being you're not gonna be able to move how you want to move. Exactly. So exactly. it's just like I thought I was tempted, bro, but it was just like when I once I I hurt my knee and I knew for a fact there was no way in shape or form I could ever jump out of an airplane or go do special forces. I was only dead on set and getting the fuck out. Mm. Like I'm telling you, the only thing I would have stayed in was to be able to do special forces. Like if you could tell me I can I can I can jump in and then just I kill somebody and be out, yeah. I, I would have stayed in. But I can't just I kill somebody. And now I gotta really straight up bat 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 and be in firefights all the time. Like I don't yeah. got time for that shit. Like <laughs> nobody got time for that, man. I want to be in a small team, come and do what I gotta do and get the fuck out and be yeah. home. You know what I mean? I, I that's how I am, man. I don't do do my killings and be out. I don't got time to be sitting in the war playing games with people. So you ended up at Pace University in New York and before that did you before coming to pace did you always have it in mind to come to new york new york or la okay i knew for a fact i had to be in a cultural hub and maryland has a couple film stuff going on in, in the dmv actually Actually, most of it's in baltimore i don't think it's in dmv most of it's in baltimore but still it's not enough for me to be i, I didn't think i could function work-wise career-wise in that so you had to be either new york or la L.A. to me at the time was just like, I was going to L.A. actually. I was on, I was packed, ready. I actually got a job in L.A., everything, bro. I was ready to go. I was, I remember I was still stationed in Fort Gordon. I was in Georgia. I was cleaning out my, I was cleaning my, my barracks. I was getting ready to pack my shit. Boom, 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 boom. I had like two more, two more weeks left. The song that that night my friend calls me, he's from New York, and his, him and his dad on phone, you know, like, oh, you know, you can come live with us. When you get out, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yeah, whatever, and boom. I put my iTunes on shuffle, and the song, uh, Frank Sinatra comes on, New York, New York. <laughs> I've Listen to me, that song has been in my library forever, and I listen to it when I listen to it, when I want to, when I'm in that mood. But it never just comes on randomly. But it came on at that time, random as fuck, and it was just so, like, I think it just came at a time of vulnerability for me. <laughs> so when it came on, it was just like, oh, shit. Maybe that means I should move to New York. And that's how I moved to New York, son. <laughs> so it was after you moved to New York that you, ch you chose the university? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was never Pace first. And then, you, no, no, it was New York first. Okay. And then I was like, I'm going to make my way here one way and one other. Because one thing I know about myself, bro, you can put me in a desert, bro. I'll find water. You know what mm. I'm saying? Like, I will always survive wherever you put me. So it's like... I was like, New York first, and I figured out after I get there. So, was that your first time in New York? No, no, it wasn't my first time living here. My first time being in New York for an extended period of time. But I've been to New York before, but it's usually like day trips. Okay. You know what I mean? And to get drunk. <laughs> That's all coming into coming in from Jersey when I, my boy, lived, like my Patrick, my boy Pat is from Jersey. So I used to go to his crib. He's coming to New York to go to clubs. So. What was your first welcome? What would you consider your first welcome to New York surprise? Oh my God, man. Parallel parking. <laughs> Holy shit, son. I got That's in true. my car and drove 12 hours from Georgia to come up here and I had to oh, parallel you're, you're park. You're almost like me. I drove straight from um, DFW, Dallas. Mind uh, you, Texas. let me tell you something. Like, in Maryland, to pass your, your driving test, you have to learn, you have to parallel park. Like it, it's it's part of our driving because you in our where we are where I'm from, you have to parallel park sometimes. Okay. In, in um Hampton in uh, the seven five seven of Virginia, you don't have to. see because we live in the city because I'm from the DMV DMV. I'm not yeah. from like a lot of people say I'm from DMV, but you're just from like 
like you said, 757, or they're from like Baltimore. No, no, I'm no, from no, no. the actual yeah. fucking DMV. Yeah, I was, right? I was down. <laughs> I, was, I was already stationed down Virginia Beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I'm saying, so but like, so I, I took when I had to get my license. I got my license in Virginia Beach because I could have gone back home to resting. That's so if I'd gone back to resting, you had to parallel. Park. I would have done yeah, parallel. You know why? Because we live in yeah. DC. We live around DC, so you yeah. have to learn how to parallel park, aren't it? That's why. But in Virginia Beach, you Norfolk, you don't have to do parallel park. But I had not driven in forever. No, I mean I had a car, but I had not had to park because I've been stationed. In the south, mm-hmm. I drive up here. I'm like, parallel parking, son. What? <laughs> Yo, it took me like 20 minutes to park. That was like my biggest, like, and then I think, oh my god, what was it? I'm trying to think, like, what my, my main, like, get the fuck out of here moment. Oh, I'm trying to think. Oh my. God, what the fuck was my? I I don't know. I can't think. That's a hard question. I think Parallel Park is the first I ever just remember about New York and yeah, how that, crazy that, that, that shit was. That's a good one. That's a I good one. I was like, one. yo, that's a good one. Well, I, I have to start wrapping up for time, but um, so let me go through three quick questions. So um, you're already getting into, you're already in in, your, uh, in the industry, working towards your your dream projects and do you have a project do you have any plan for a project in Syria alone and nope not talking about blood diamond part two i know some people Sick. will be wishing for that Sick. but um you know i bring that up because i love one of my favorite shows that i enjoyed is uh in the long run which is like a coming to britain i don't know if you've seen it it's on no. stars it's uh from from your boy idris elba no so it's like Sierra Leone. It's, yeah that's why I say it's your boy. It's my brother too, but he doesn't know we are related. <laughs> we're, we're working on. I, I should have started the podcast with you. Have his number? Can you let him know that we have a spot open for it's him? I, I, I probably got some family connection somewhere. I'm, I'm gonna have my mom or something, you know. But it's a, it's a fantastic show. It's on stars. It's um, his. It's literally himself, his younger brother, um, and his wife and son in the eighties, um, London. And it, it's it's fun. It's just hilarious. I think he he had already himself himself and his wife had been in London for a few years, and then his brother just arrived fresh from Sierra Leone. And you're gonna you're gonna got good laughs. It's what's it called? In the long run. In the long run. Okay, I'm gonna yeah. check it out. I'm gonna check yeah, it out. Yeah, it's it's, it's fantastic. I, lo- I love it. I love it. Many people uh, were not aware of it, so it's it's yeah, it's 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 the. It, 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 and it's mad intelligence. It's not like a racism gotcha in the face because you're just going to be laughing. It's it's good laughter. It's like, man, this is, yeah. But it's 80s. It's set in the 80s. Yeah, 80s England. Yeah. So. Uh, okay, so I had a, I was talking to my cousin about this. Oh, I'm actually my cousins because I told them, spoken several of them about this. Because one of them really wants me to come back and live there for like a year. <laughs> you know what I mean? And work there because I, I, I don't know her. But she wants me to come back. Uh, some of my other cousins, and he was just like, there's no money there for any of this shit. But I honestly know, because arts is the arts. You could do whatever, wherever. Mm-hmm. Given the chance, I will definitely go back and work on something. Like, even if it's just a quick, like, it'll probably be, like, more of, like, a cinema verite type thing where it's, like, it's scripted, but it's also, like, real life capturing life mm. of what it is to be uh, Sierra Leone nowadays. Okay. It's, you know, because I, if the industry ever got to the point where it's like, 
it has enough infrastructure to go there and be able to hold like a narrative. I wouldn't mind doing like a narrative that like a, like a maybe like a, 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 a miniseries a one-off type thing with like 10 episodes that's it my life as a Sierra Leonean alright and I shoot it there so that would be most like it okay I have something that I would discuss with you afterwards. You just reminded me. Well, Listen, man, I can always come back, man. Listen. No, there's something that is something that I'm 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 thinking. I've been always been thinking of, but it was pre-pandemic, so I've never, I've, I haven't figured out how to go about it. But you might be the person to talk to about it. So, but it's too. I don't want to spoil the audience right now. So, got it. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Got it. I'll I'll only come to the audience when I need their money, because I'm gonna need money for that. Got it. Got it. Got it. All right. So we can't end this without this uh question when it comes to food the cuisine where does your heart belong to what's your favorite oh jollof my mama's jollof to be specific yeah, i'm gonna tell you straight stretches. up mama's jollof, jollof. Jollof. listen i i put, like, I put her food over anybody i mean listen to me listen if mom deuce was cooking a pot of jollof rice right now and beyonce was cooking a pot of jollof rice right now and she said, hey, hey, hey. No, 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 no. The I, views, she, she's married. She's these married. are the views of Joe Double. She's married. She, she's of, married. She's married. So these let are me the, pick some of the views of white label American. Let me pick some that's not married. The beehive does not have to come from me. This is my point of view. The beehive don't have to come from me. Not her. They can't go from Joe. I'll give you his email and even his house address. She's married, so I don't even want to use her. Let's just say a gorgeous woman, celebrity that's not married. You put name, face, whatever you want to put right now. I don't want to see Beyonce because she's married. We're cooking, and she was like, "You could fuck me after you eat my meal. If you see my meal is better than your mom's, I'm gonna tell her no, you shit is still shit. Get the fuck out of here." You see what I'm saying? The, that's, that's my the word. The jollof loyalty is strong that's in this word, one. That's my word, son. <laughs> All right, so you've already said you're a music lover. Yeah. So now let's see if we can get some controversy with this answer. You need to boogie down for. Let's say at least an hour. I know it's probably going to be over an hour with you. Give us three artists that will keep you shaking it down for over an hour. And we have not been... Um, should we, uh, let me see. Okay, we'll tolerate one from Maryland, but you can't go... We, we, we need them them local... Give us your... your Give us the real deal. You know you know, you know, know what we want. Right. Our groove right now for an hour over Scissor. For a fact, that's not even a question. Uh, Mahalia, so one of my two. She's young, young female artist from uh, uh UK. Fucking okay. Be she's beautiful. I, I, one. I wasn't expecting UK, but more uh, importantly, she's very talented, and she's a great songwriter. Like Mahalia. And, Mahalia, yes. Okay. And Sizzla. And Sizzla. That's uh, wait. Is this Sizzla or Sizzla? Sizzla. S S Z A. Sizzla. Okay. For three hours. What about from Sierra Leone? From Sierra Leone, I don't really know Sierra Leone artists. What? If I'm being honest with you, oh, uh, Sierra Leone Mafia can come get him. Now. I mean, they come can come for who they want him. to, but uh, come get But him. if you talking about African, uh, you know, I like that uh, Rotimi. 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 Uh, yeah, Rotimi. I like yeah, him. We can uh, count him. We can count him. Uh, I like him. So you, you could throw yeah, through. Isn't he from Maryland? I mean, he's Nigerian, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. We'll count it. So when, 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 when it's convenient, we'll count him as Nigerian. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I think it's New Jersey. New Jersey yeah, either way, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the Yoruba boy. Yeah, he's exactly. You know, you could have gone with, you could if you can't remember any Sierra Leone, you could have just gone with the person we already mentioned. I don't know that guy. Idris. Oh, it just, Albert, he sells music? Oh, yeah, he does like jazz, like trumpets, right? Nah, he's um, a DJ, man. 
You're you right. Never to I got this. Yeah. Man, you're not related to him. See, that's proof. I'm, I'm the relation. Listen, yeah, man. Idris, you know what to do. Idris Call Abba. me. Call me. Call me. Nasalomba bodies. So I'm just saying. You hear me? I can you say that me? one to Nasalomba bodies. Okay. okay. <laughs> listen, man. Listen, I, I'm standing official. You feel me? Uh. <laughs> but it's not funny. If I was to go home now, they'll probably call me a JC. Which is like oh. in, in, in in Creole, it's uh, Johnny. It, it, it just come. And Johnny just, so it just come. Wait, so we like, say JJC. Yeah, it just Johnny come. just come. So, so you, yes. you guys, so, so for you English speakers, JC is pretty much saying you just coming over here for the first <laughs> yeah. time. Like you're not native to that place. Even though I was born and raised, uh, no probably call me JC. Yeah, for for me, they will say JJC until I start haggling prizes. They say Chai. It's got See, my guy. Now, wow. I, I don't even speak the language, so I can't even argue the prices. Yeah. I just probably nah. cuss them out in English, and then they. Yeah, it, it, be I'm pretty sure <laughs> when, when you cuss, then they will be like, ah, "This one, this guy, this guy." Like, now, yes. <laughs> one of my guests, she's um, her dad is white for some reason. He ended up in Nigeria, got lost there, and then married her mom, and then the auntie, his family figured, out, "Hey, you, you're still alive." They thought he had died. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they ended up back in the UK, and. So in Nigerian people see her because they they oh they know there's white in her so they know people don't assume she's Nigerian and then when she starts hitting you hey ah, ah, you be our person that she hits you Igbo ah oh <laughs> it's like double attack it's like because they try to give you the big prizes she's like I don't like that I don't like that she's like who are you why are you talking to me? you know who I am <laughs> ah, sorry sister we we were. We 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 thought you were a, a white woman. Yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah. But please understand now. You understand, yeah, understand man. where we are coming Listen, from. Man. <laughs> Listen, man. Listen, uh, man. So, final question: What would you like to leave the audience with? You know, it's a freestyle. You can give us something from your poetry. You can give us something from your music, uh, from one of your favorite movies. A quote. Hey, just yeah, anything you like to leave the audience with. Shit, man! I wish I prepared this. Uh, that's the point of this question. It is to catch I, you, I get know. you to like my one of my podcasts that will say to raw dog the air. Listen, man, I I'll tell people this. The past has already happened. You can't do anything to change or affect that. The future is based on what you do now in the present. So you should find time to live in the moment, in the present, and appreciate the present. Because like I clinically I'm diagnosed with like depression. Bipolar depression and like I have severe PTSD, and I find myself for a year or so changed. I was living like in the depressive state constantly, mm. and it took a while for me to understand. I realized something. I was always living in the past, or too worried about what's going to happen to me in the future. Mm. I never took time to notice what was happening with me right in the moment. So I never got time to appreciate the good or learn how to deal with the not so good because I was always just like in a fantasy world. Even to this day, I always had to be cognizant of that, and I always catch myself. So I say this to anybody, anybody listening. Remember, the past already occurred. You can't affect that. The present is the only thing you have, so live in the fucking moment and enjoy every single moment for what it is. And just remember, a moment is a moment. They come in and go. So never let one moment determine the next 30 years of your life. Cause, you know, I love that. Thank you, brother. So, do you have any plugins that you would like to leave the audience? Uh, I mean, if you would like, you can follow me on IG at uh, Dob Zero. That's D A B Z R and the number zero. Dob Zero, you know. Uh, yeah, man, look out for me. I'm working on a few projects right now. Like, nothing actually in production, but I'm actually working on 
an outline a screenplay right now and another outline for a, t- a show and i also have an outline for a, a podcast that i'm working on right now so i just i'm trying to figure out the format and the specifics of it but that podcast is coming to you sometime soon if it's not going to be through something i'm doing it's going to be through a, a big outlet because i am actually preparing a pitch all right it's the reason why i don't really want to say what the, the podcast is about right now hey no worries so, well the moment you're ready let me know. I'll, I'll but, share yeah. you out there. I'll, like I'll, I said, I'll, I'll support you 24-7. Listen, bro, I'm going to do the same for you. you. I support everybody. I just always forget you do your podcast, bro. Like, But you, but if you follow me on IG, you see how like, <laughs> I, I put everybody on blast yeah. on my shit. You feel me? Yeah. Like, I'm all about, especially nowadays, man, I'm all about black unity and black loyalty, bro. I beef with nobody black. You know what I'm saying? If you black, we got no problem, son. You may not like me. You may think I'm a dick. But listen to me, Joe. We have no problems. I wish you the best. It's just that sometimes some people you can't sit. Everybody can't sit at your table. That's, but I, but I, if you're I black, trust me, I want you to do well in life. Because the better you do, the better we do as a people. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Thank you for that, brother. So I will make sure I add your um, your link to the show notes, and people can follow that. And to everyone listening, don't forget to come back next week for your the next episode. Thank you for the privilege of your company. Keep the love coming in. Like, share, subscribe. Join us on Patreon. Buy our T-shirts. And hey, don't forget, keep the love. All right. Thanks for listening to White Label American. If you enjoyed the show, we'll appreciate if you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. If you have any questions, comments, or have someone who will be a good guest on the show, or you want to be on the show, send us a message at whitelabelamerican at gmail.com and make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at White Label American. Thank you for your support.